For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Ben Waterworth's been good enough to join us late at night, and I appreciate that, Ben. Thank you so much, mate. Great to chat to you. My pleasure, Sam. I'm on the late shift anyway, so you've got me at a good time. <laughs> so, mate, I thought that you and I would do something that's quite rare uh, on this day and for the last two days. We'll enter a Toby Green free zone, not because it's not worth yeah. discussing, but uh, and not because we shouldn't be, uh, you know, we shouldn't be giving that the airtime it deserves, but also because there's a lot of there's a lot of other things making news in footy uh, at the moment. So I thought we'd get you on to update us there, but also, too, I love reading you guys doing your ABCDs uh, and sometimes even E's and F's uh, of the round of footy. And I thought, finals footy, let's get the classroom grades out uh, and we'll get the red pen out and just see who you've marked with what. But what can you tell us about what else is making news in footy uh, this evening? So something that's just gone up on the Fox Footy website based off what happened on, on the couch last night. It's just a bit of a state of play at the moment on on the Carlton coaching situation. So obviously four days ago, David Teague lost his job. And it was and also in the lead up to that, uh, Alistair Clarkson's manager, James Henderson, uh, said that his client was keen to stay uh, out of sort of the football space next year and, and have a have a year to recuperate in, in 2022. But uh, Tom Morris reported tonight uh, that there is, and I think Sam McClure also on uh, on Sports Day tonight has also reported that the Carlson are still quietly confident that they can have a bit of a crack at Alistair Clarkson here. And, that, and Tom said tonight on, on On the Couch that there is, you know, that we probably want to hear it from Clarkson himself, I, I think, that... Um, that, that he definitely doesn't want to coach next season. So with, with Teague going and this delaying in the, in, I suppose, uh, this big approach to, to Ross Lyon, we know about the 45-minute conversation with Blues President Luke Sayers last week, but there is still this division on the Carlton board and even among some key staffers at, at the Blues around the appointment of, of Ross Lyon and whether he's the right man going forward. And the longer that sort of lingers, you, you just wonder how much how realistic it is that, you know, Ross Lyon will be the coach. I still think he's probably the number one favourite. But the Blues tonight, pretty confident uh, still that they might... They've got one last big crack probably in, in Alistair Clarkson left. So that's probably one to sort of keep an, keep an eye on as well. The other sort of... Uh, Thing that we might expect tomorrow as well. We've got, we've got the Toby Green case tomorrow, Sam, but uh, pretty sort of widely expected now that the AFL will conf- confirm tomorrow that the Perth grand final's on. So there's a, um, tonight it's understood that there's a bit of an agreement struck between the AFL and the Victorian state government. Obviously, with the, with the big increase in, in cases today, it's looking very, very likely, obviously, that that is going to be confirmed, that there'll be no grand final at the MCG. And the backup plan, to head to Perth, and it's a decent backup plan, it has to be said as well, uh, is going to be confirmed as early as uh, early as tomorrow. I, there's a few reports around tonight that, um, that there's a, a really key meeting to sort of tick everything off uh, in the morning, and that could even be announced uh, sort of tomorrow lunchtime, tomorrow uh, mid-arvo. So that's pretty sad, obviously, for us uh, Victorians, who uh, means it's uh, another year with no MCG grand final, uh, but it, it's looming as a pretty spectacular landmark event with a uh, with a Perth Grand Final. And I, I think at this stage as well, Sam, we're sort of making a few calls today, September 25 is still going to be looming as, as this Grand Final date as well because uh, the AFL is just wedded to this idea of doing the... Uh, of, of the 25th of September, but it also just gives them some flexibility in terms of uh, quarantining and also allowing the players just to have a little bit of... Um, 
fresh air, I suppose, ahead of the grand final as well as they've been in Perth that little bit longer. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of looking like the, the likely case at the moment that grand yeah. final will be held on the 25th in Perth. Yeah, I'm all good with that. I think it's a smart play uh, because it does give you options. And I'm okay with a bye before the grand final. I didn't... I used to be... A, when, when we first announced the pre-finals by, I thought it was a good idea because I'm all for the best players playing and however you can make that happen. And um, when yeah. we weren't actually... And that was also before we started taking, you know, more buys during the year again. I think they sort of had their cake and ate it too. But then we've just seen what the numbers are done and the numbers clearly show a disadvantage to top four sides who um, ha- who not only, who then get that week off, play a game, get another week off, and you end up playing about a game in four weeks. So um, I, I, I don't... I don't like the pre-finals buy anymore. Massive, I'm totally fine with the pre-grand final buy. And then it's a matter of how you fill the week, which I think can be easily done if you if you make some manoeuvres around uh, what might be able to occur in that week. But um, And certainly exciting for, for the people of Perth as well, who have shown that when big games come to town, they'll sell them out every single time. So um, these are anomaly years, and the, the MCG will go back to being the home of the AFL. In the meantime, anyone who's going to help uh, get the game away, get the games away that need to be played, and certainly there's nothing more important than the grand final, then I don't think we can begrudge uh, begrudge that. So, yeah, I think that's just what we're all expecting. Um Talking about coaches, so incredible that Carlton seemed to just be hell-bent on getting one of two guys, yet for Collingwood, who the moment that Nathan Buckley and they parted ways back on the 9th, 8th or 9th of June, they've had 90 people on a list, Ben. 90 people, (laughs) and we think now that it's – and reports are wide, and Tom Morris came on SEN today from Fox Sports and reported that it's down to one man. It is. It'll be Craig McRae. All that basically has to be done, Sam, is the board just has to tick it off. The Collingwood board has to tick that off later this week. Um, but it, it's it's all sort of systems go for a Craig McRae appointment, which is really against the grain uh, of, of Collingwood's history when you consider the big names they've appointed in the past, which basically goes back to Bob Rose in the, in the late 1980s, into Lee Matthews, into Tony Shaw, into, into Nick, into Bucks. Uh, and now it looks like it's going to be Craig McRae, who's, a, who's a, he's got an excellent coaching CV. It has to be said. Yeah. He, uh, first, uh, sorry, you go. No, a, th- a three-time premiership uh, player at the Brisbane Lions, but he's, play, he's worked under some of like, the best coaches. He obviously recently under Alistair Clarkson, under Damien Harvick as well. He worked with Craig Bellamy at the Melbourne Storm with, as, as their kicking coach as well. And he's also coached the, his own team to a premiership. He coached the Tigers VFL side to a flag in 2019. Mm. So it's all looking really, really promising for Craig McRae. He, he ticks every box, doesn't he? And that's what you call a coaching pedigree, Ben. Speaking of Ben Waterworth from Fox Sports, and, and I had someone send me this, which was incredible stats, and I think Max Lawton might have even... Um, might have even put up something similar, your colleague, but had someone yep. text me that if you look at the John Kennedy Senior Premiership coaching tree, now these are players that played under him, and, and I'm going to weave this into Alistair Clarkson because he's a part of this. So Kennedy's flags in 61, 71, 76. Parkin from him, 78, 81, 82, 95. Paul Ruse, who was coached by Parkin, gets a flag in 05. Alan Joyce, 88, 91. Then to Lee Matthews, 90, 01, 02, 03. John Longmire in 12. Alistair Clarkson, 8, 13, 14, 15. And then he then 
uh, gives us Luke Beveridge in 16, Adam Simpson in 18, Hardwick in 17, 19, 20, Stuart Jew also coaching who played under him, and now Craig McRae, who wasn't with Clarko for long, but that's another coach that's come from him. And that's so the, the flags I mentioned are 24 flags that have come from Kennedy. Alistair Clarkson's then created five of his own after the four of his own that he won. Mm-hmm. And then apparently this fact says that you can trace all premiership coaches since St Kilda's first and only flag in 1966. All premiership coaches can be linked to Kennedy, Jeans, Barassi or Hafey. And Gosh. Max Lawton then followed that up with Craig McRae set to join uh, a, with a Collingwood coaching job, which means half of all AFL coaches will have either have been coached by or played under Alistair Clarkson. Hardwick, yeah, Cameron, Simpson, Beveridge, Fagan, Ratton, Mitchell, McRae and Jew. It's an in, quite an incredible list of disciples, isn't it? It oh. is a wholly sort of footy family tree and coming from, you know, the absolute godfathers of, of coaching that you, you mentioned off the top, they all stem from there. And he's... Uh, Jonathan Brown spoke about it on, on the couch tonight about, uh, he, he does, you mentioned before, Sam, he does tick, tick all the boxes from a cultural perspective. Strategy-wise, uh, he certainly uh, ticks the box. His ability, uh, ability to develop young players. So a couple, I can't remember exactly what year it was, but Queensland had a record amount of draftees for, at, a, at a draft one year, and Craig McRae was uh, sort of the, the Queensland coach yes. uh, that, that year as well, in the under-18. So he, he picks development as well. Uh, so he's, as Adam mentioned, totally against the grain of what Collingwood has normally done, but I think it's I think it's a shrewd appointment. Really a smart. Really done his apprenticeship, absolutely. Uh, beautifully said. Hey, Max, uh, I'm sorry, Ben, would you mind, uh, we've got to get a break away. Can you come back and give us your gradings for the finals on the other side of that? Sounds like a plan. Ben Waterworth is with us from Fox Sports. Benny, just in the time that we got left, I love how you guys do the uh, the the school classroom grade, the the, the classroom grades of the finalists yep. each week uh, of the of each team each week. Finals week one. What did you end up marking each of the uh, each of the sides? Yeah, we went. To, I think I think like a lot of people went pretty hard on the cats. They they got an F uh, compared to yep. Port Adelaide, which was absolutely outstanding. Got got a, an A plus. Sydney, uh, Sydney got a, uh, I suppose, a C plus, and I think that's probably a lot of the reasons. Like two goals, six in that last quarter, including the last uh, six behind uh, of, of the entire game. Mm. Uh, compared to the compared to the Giants, who maybe caused a little bit of a bit of an upset as well, but they probably faded late as well. So they uh, received a, a B plus from them, but still. Still an outstanding effort uh, from them, nonetheless. Uh, Brisbane got a D minus. Probably uh, a little bit disappointing that the, the lines. I probably I think the the margin flattered uh, that, that game. It probably should have been a, a lot bigger win uh, for Melbourne, which uh, ended up getting a pretty good score, an A plus from them. But I think they really made a premiership statement on the weekend. That oh, they are didn't they? the team to beat. Very 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 impressive from the Demons, and then the Bulldogs. Uh, very impressive from them. They got an A as well. Uh, very impressive for them to, to keep Essendon goalless in that second half, which I don't think has happened since the late 50s in a final for a team to go goalless in an AFL-VFL uh, No, final. you're right. So I think, I think the Swamp thing had, uh, had had to that effect as well. The 50s were a theme going into that game because the Dogs hadn't beaten... Uh, well, the, the Dogs and the Bombers hadn't played each other in a final since 1953, and that was uh, mm-hmm. the Dogs winning on that day, uh, Charlie Sutton, EJ Witten. Um, Bill Hutchison and uh, and John Coleman were, were all playing on that day, but the fifties were yeah. a theme. It, uh, and in the end, the Bombers uh, four goals, twelve for them uh, didn't help their cause. Goals in that last half, so we gave them a D minus. But I think overall in the season, you'd almost have to give them an A, an A plus 
for an overall season great. Just getting to the finals, I think, is a massive, massive tick for Ben Rutten. And the Absolutely. Desmond side, which you, which you could say probably became the most aesthetically pleasing, most watchable side, I think, in the AFL this season. That was so much fun to watch the Bombers, weren't they? I mean, where they went to... I, I was staggered looking at their... I look at where their rankings statistically are going into each game, just so I've got a bit of an idea on how they're going to play and what might, you know, what the, our special comments guys might always bring up and, and what might they might be keen to focus in on. And, and where they'd got to, I think they were fourth for centre clearances for the year and their, their, their numbers for scoring. Actually, they'd gone up into the top couple for centre clearances. They were fourth for scoring. They... They'd really, if you looked at their numbers and where they were in the back half of the year, they were, they, they, there's always talk about um, your premiership profile and what you need to be yep. going well in and what areas you need to be uh, excelling in. And they were excelling in a lot of them. So Bombers fans and Swans fans, I reckon, have every cause to be really optimistic for next year, Ben. Yeah, Sydney in particular as well, uh, they're... I think the most impressive thing about the Swans is yes, they had that blistering start to the year when they when they kicked four and then sort of went win loss win loss for a little bit. Had that loss to Hawthorne, which sort of really came out of the blue. But then they rallied late, which I think was probably the most impressive part of their season was their ability to rally late and really give the top four a good shake. Uh, they just fell short uh, in the end. Their percentage wasn't. As, as good against, against the, the dogs and the lions who had a far better percentage than them in the end. Uh, but the, the, the Swans have uh, even just started to get their defence right a little bit. They were conceding a lot of points at the start of the season. But uh, if they can get their contested ball and their clearance game going, because they're you know close to the best ball movement team in the comp this year, if they can sort of get it right around the coalface sitting in the next season, they are going to be a very, very tantalising prospect that uh, you know could potentially push for the top four. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So um, do we have a, a definitive answer yet on where uh, Saturday's final, sorry, what time Saturday's final is going to be? I know that um, I know that the Western Bulldogs are really keen on that being an afternoon or twilight game yeah. so that they didn't have to sit in a hotel room all day, which I think is fair enough. And by the sounds of it, I think everyone's on the same page. But do we have official confirmation just yet? Well, when the Brisbane Lions coach Chris Fagan on 360 tonight still says he has no idea, well, then we certainly don't uh, at this stage. But you're right. It is all looking like a, I think, a 4.45 kind of time slot at, at, at this stage. We're certainly looking at a, at a twilight game. Uh, from what we understand, host broadcaster, you know, Channel 7 will probably, I, th- I think, has come to the party in that sense in, uh, in uh, giving that particular approval in, in that later, also that earlier time slot. In that uh, in that twilight first bounce, so that's that's the way it's heading, uh, and uh, we'll just get that the both teams, I suppose, that extra flexibility uh, ahead of a preliminary final. Whoever might win that game, and it, lo- it looks like I think probably the more 50-50 style game compared to the, the Cats and the Giants, just with Toby Green very likely to be out. Obviously, uh, that that's going to be a, a cracking contest because yeah, the, the the two teams with the, with the best percentages in the competition at the end of the season, which I really use as a guide to determine the best teams in the comp. Dogs at 132, Lions obviously 133, famously overtook uh, the, the Dogs in round 23 with uh, Charlie Cameron goal, Lincoln McCarthy behind. So very evenly uh, poised contest, I think that is going to be on uh, likely Saturday twilight. Yeah, I think both these games are going to be great. Um, and I really hope that Chris Scott just 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 relinquishes a bit of control and just lets, maybe let, let's just let them play. Just let them play, I, I reckon. Mm. It, it, it doesn't. And look, the, I very well, and I've been talking about this all night, I very well may end up be looking like a fool because their control um, 
defending with the ball in hand. They're methodical, uh, deliberate, um, you know, slow play. It may very well get them over the line again and get them into another grand final, but will the strict and rigid game plan win them a grand final? I don't think it can. I'd love to see Chris Scott just, just – if this is the last hurrah, then go down swinging rather than go down trying to save a game. Go down trying to win the game. It's, it's, it's frustrating for Cat. It's, it's, a, it's almost a pleasant frustration in a way because the Cats have been so successful, so many top four finishes of, you know, during the Chris Scott tenure. But the fact that they keep on dropping first finals, first week finals, is a massive frustration, I think, for Geelong fans. Because, it it, yes, you get the second chance, but it just puts you on the, on the back foot for the, the rest of the final series. Of the, of the eight finalists, when you're talking about premiership profiles just beforehand, the Cats have the best premiership profile. They're second for clearances, mm. second for post-clearance contested ball, third for ball movement, and fifth for de- defending ball movement. And of, all the, of those four pillars across the eight finalists, they, they have the best overall ranking across those finals, e- even better than uh, than Melbourne, just because Melbourne just lacks a, a little bit in, uh, in uh, I suppose, the, de- the defending of ball movement. So uh, it's, it, it's, it'd be frustrating for, for Cats fans, but uh, it, it's, it's that style that you talk about, Sam, it caught, it's caught them out against Richmond in, in the past couple of seasons where that uh, keepings off, uh, time in uh, possession in hand has uh, it's just wilted under the pressure. Like he, Port Adelaide brought immense pressure during that game on uh, on Friday night, and mm. they wilted under it. And it just takes a couple of errors, and if a team's on song, they pounce and it, they, it goes on the scoreboard pretty quickly. That's what I'm saying. It's incredibly hard to crack, especially during the regular season. But under the pressure cook, and and we know, and what it, we're all told this Ben by everyone that's been in these games that the pressure rises in a final, mistakes are more prevalent, and therefore trying to control every single facet of it, it actually can sometimes be to your detriment, which David King sort of spoke last night about on the first crack, and you guys have put that story up today on Fox Sports as well. So it can be to your detriment because you don't have anything else to fall back on if you're constantly relying on being able to control everything and every aspect Mm -hmm. Uh, of the game and, and Port have been able to exploit that twice now, last year and then this year. And it seems to me though that, that Port Adelaide as well now have added that just a, a little bit more, um, they're just a little bit more solid in defence themselves to be able to allow that sort of chaos play to, to reign supreme. And if it comes back the other way, well, they're a lot better set up than they have been in recent years defensively to, to account for that and to, um, to repel that. Yeah, and uh, Alir, everyone talks about Alir earlier, and he was absolutely awesome. That first quarter he played absolutely set the tone against the Cats on, on Friday night and, you know, deserved you know, a little bit of a debate around whether he deserved his spot in the All-Australian team, but I think he, he put some of those critics, at least, I think, to bed on uh, with that first quarter on uh, Friday night. And then Horacio Fantasia, the other recruit, the other big-name recruit they got during the, the off-season, uh, is able to kick four goals uh, for the game. And Port Adelaide's so confident, Sam, that Horacio Fantasia is going to be fine to uh, play in the preliminary final. But actually, he actually hasn't even been sent to scans on that knee. They actually saw him uh, uh, subbed out of the game against the Cats 
on Friday night. So uh, they're, they're going to be pretty healthy because I think hey, Mitch Georgiardi is likely going to be lining up in a Sample practice game, uh, sorry, a Sample game this weekend, probably alongside Hamish Hartlett, their veteran, probably a forgotten player of this Port Adelaide side. He's going to play Sample as well as uh, as Lachlan Jones, who was their first-round draftee from last year as well. So Port, not only are they in, they in form, like the Demons, they have a very, very healthy list at the moment to choose from. Almost a full-strength list to choose from come their preliminary final in a couple of weeks' time. Hey, Ben, great to chat, mate. We'll speak to you again through the finals. We might even get the grades again next week. It's been good fun, and we've got some text coming through of people giving their own. So appreciate that and appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Great to be Sam. Have a good night, mate. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.